Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, David. There are some really important details that we're going to discuss tonight about a very important topic. And that important topic is full Kemper. We're not going to talk about that yet. We're getting there. We're going there. So <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to show I got something new this week. Um, this is this is new. This is old. <laughs> and this is spring loaded. Yeah, which is awesome. I didn't even know they did spring loaded ones. And I actually came across the video where a guy was like, yeah, I use a spring loaded uh, EP one for my Kemper. And I'm like, wait a minute, spring loaded. You mean like like bad horsey to because I miss my bad horsey so bad when I found out they did spring loaded. I went to mission and I was like, where do I get one of these? Because I can't find them on store in stores. And they were like, you can order them directly from us. And they said, if if you're you know looking to place an order, they're you know x amount of dollars, I think they're 170 bucks. And then he comes back, he comes back, and he says, he says, but we have six now in the uh, in our in our outlet store, and I paid like a whopping ninety dollars for for the for the spring loaded yeah, version. Yeah, I really? paid ninety bucks, <laughs> and it was shipped. It got here faster than my King of Tone. Have you even got shipping wait, information? I, I haven't even got a shipping confirmation for King of Tone yet, so. <laughs> I, I fully know that it's going to be here sometime in like late July, but I, I don't really feel bad. Like my, my uh, daughter, we ordered her a laptop for her birthday. Um, she's wanting to get into development. And so I was going to teach her Python. And um, so we ordered her a laptop for her birthday through CyberPower, which is not a great company. They're kind of a like sort of weird, like computer dealer thing where you can get really high powered machines for cut rate. And uh, in the, at least in their desktop world, they use a lot of refurb parts and stuff. Um, so anyway, we're waiting on this thing to show up and like they keep pushing it back and it keeps getting like right. it keeps getting like um, uh, uh, back ordered. And but but this showed up right away and it was B stock, Jim. And you know, the funny part, I can't find why it's B stock. Because it's got the spring in it. <laughs> it's because it was a return. Probably. <laughs> They just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. They just didn't want to deal with it. So it was a return. And so it's B stock. Um, and that's really common in this industry. Like you'll hear about B stock or broken stuff on reverb and like you buy it. You'd be like, did you put up, you know, I, I, I've heard this story many a time, broken pedal reverb. Somebody says, I'll buy it. I'll fix it. They buy the pedal. They get it home and they put a battery in it and then they put a cable in it and it works fine. And they're like, why do they think it didn't work? And then they deduce that, Pedal didn't turn on, which means that they probably just put a battery in it and hit the button and it didn't turn on. Right. Well, of course, it's not going to turn on. It's not how pedals work. So, uh, you know, just because the LED didn't light up doesn't mean the pedal is not functional. You've got to have a cable in it um, for the LED to light. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm thrilled to have the uh, the spring loaded walk. It's great. And uh, I got a good deal on it and it. And it like basically cements all the conversation that we had with HW last week about, you know, the Kemper fitting into my uh, life in a very specific way. And um, I really 
am feeling more and more committed to the platform. I uh, told my wife this evening we were having a conversation about it. And I said, you know, I said, if GearFest, if they did a deal where they were selling stages for like 1200 or 1300 or a thousand bucks, I probably would buy another one. Um, and just to have it, not because like it's a baller move to have two of them. Um, maybe I'll end up selling the powered if I never use the, the powered head, but like realistically that would give me the ability to be mobile and like with the least amount of hassle. The other option of course is I'm going to buy the Kemper bag. That's going to happen regardless. So, um, I, I, at this point I pretty much just psych myself up for it. I'm like, I will have this. So when open mics start opening up again in September, August, um, and November, December, on into sometime next year when that starts happening then i will be able to carry that in and not have to worry about opening tours and carrying it in at two o'clock in the morning and not waking the neighbors up and all that stuff so what do you got going on jim you got anything interesting happening we haven't been talking a whole lot off the show so jim jim's probably gonna spout some stuff i'm like huh and then we'll talk about mike yeah i I, um uh i got uh a new pop not the (laughs) not the one from last week. another funko pop so uh, um, I got the child. Yeah, because you saw Jeff's right huh? in the Facebook group. You saw Jeff's. He had. The oh child. no, he he does not have the child. Mine is this big. Oh, you got the big one. It just came out. You you would buy the big one, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, it's a ten inch. How many knickknacks do you have in your inch. house? <laughs> Too many. Yeah. I like flat knickknacks. I like paintings and stuff like that. I'm looking at my painting of Jimi Hendrix over here, and I'm looking at my painting of Steve Ray Vaughan. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of like, I like paintings. They're just like, that stuff doesn't get in the way. I can store stuff in front of it. I can, you know. <laughs> I like turtles. I do, have, um, <laughs> I do have some knickknacks, but not a whole lot. Yeah, no. My son is uh, creating a cabinet for me so I can put them all in there. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Because I have so many weird, like, I have, like, Rick and Morty and stuff like that, man. Uh, Batman stuff. And I have uh, um, Rush and stuff like that. So it's kind of like there's this mix, match, menagerie of stuff. And so right. I, yeah. Um, elephant in the room. And yeah, we may as well talk about it. And I'm not talking about the political elephant. Um, obviously, that is a mascot of a political party. But... Um, Mike Fuller is getting kicked out of Guitar Center. How about that? Um, I don't even know what to say about the political side of this because obviously, like, it's a very inflammatory situation. Um, read his comments. Judge for yourself. But but here's the deal. Like, he gets kicked out. He, he says some stuff that offends some people, which we've heard this story before, right? Um, was it Ryan Adams, I think? Um Says some stuff to offend some people and not to offend them, but it did offend them. And so then the next thing that happens is Guitar Center and other retailers. I've heard of some small mom and pops that are also considering the same thing, dumping his line. Okay, so I I told you this at the beginning of the thing. So Guitar Center has exactly one used full tone pedal in the entire um, Guitar Center stock. If you do a search for for full tone at Guitar Center, you will find one. That's a it's a OF two Octafuzz. That's a that's a company that probably had days ago um, a used OCD in maybe every store 
I mean, yeah, or every other store, you know, like yeah. it was, there was a lot of quantity of used stuff. It was several pages worth. Yeah. And, and not even just to like mention the new stock that yeah. you guys had and the fact that they had like, I think they have like 12 or 13 pedals actively in their line right now. Yeah. Um, plus the custom shop. You know what? You know what? Like what drives me crazy about the situation is that this is okay. So this is obviously a hot button issue, right? Like what he did. Um, and I, I encourage our listeners to go and look for his comments yourself. Um, what he did is obviously different than um, what like Ryan Adams did or because Ryan Adams never thought that like he was going to get caught. That anybody was going to see what what he did. Right. But Fuller, like Mike Fuller runs full tone. He, he made the post on his personal Facebook page. For like the company and it was like i i kind of when i heard about the story i was like oh yeah there's mike fuller being mike fuller again and then i saw the post on his personal facebook page and i go what are you doing and then an hour or two later i i come across um the guitar center cancellation like the notice that they're no longer a dealer for full tone um and i'm kind of like taken aback by this because not because of what he said, right? Like it's the proximity in which he said it, the, uh, I want to say the the hostility in the environment in which he said it in, right? Like he's on the internet. And then the fact that um, obviously he's already a hot button issue behind that to begin with. Cause if you don't know anything about Mike Fuller, Mike Fuller's constantly in trouble for personal emails to people who bought his products, to people who are looking to buy his products, just, you know, raking them over the coals and making them feel like human pieces of garbage. And then to do what he did with a personal conversation about um, rioting, looting, um, protesting. And I, and I use that loosely at this point, because I think we all know there's sort of a distinction there. Um, and then like using it as a springboard in a public, a public forum to out some people on his Facebook page and then delete them. And then like make out like that was a good thing. And I just, I've had negative interactions with other pedal, pedal builders. And I want to rationalize this for a moment. Like I did not actively see them getting hammered for what they did, but I have myself have been silenced on builders pages before. And I've mentioned it on the show. I'm not going to go into details about that one, but if you want to listen back, you'll hear about it. Um, I'm sure it's on one of the Robert Jackson episodes because the fuzz factory always comes up. Did I say that out loud? Um, no, but I, 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 I understand people, you know, voting with their wallet, like the idea that you can let your politics influence your buying decisions to, to, an, to an extent. Right. Um, but I also kind of like, I know that there's a whole community of people that when this happened, they, they jump up and they go, Mike Fuller's stuff's going to be cheap. We can get full tone for like pennies on the dollar right now. Um, and I wonder how much of that's actually going to go on. We were looking at prices before we started the show. Jim, can you, do you have your prices up still or? Yeah. Yep. So, so ballpark me, what's a, what's a version four OCD going for right now? Uh, let's see. So an OCD right now is somebody is messaging me. Oh, I hope it's not me. Spoke that <laughs> took that very time to, uh, to message me 
Um, so the OCD right now is at $90, $80, $90, depending on whether you buy a used one. Yeah, the, the, current, the current OCD. So the current OCD is not super that's popular. Right. Yeah. But the old ones um, are anywhere between a V2. I see a V2 for $105. Um, and a V1 for 180 Yeah, and the ones are always going to be more because that's the, the older models, the older designs. Yep. Um, that's a pedal that's had a number of revisions. I think eight at this point. Um, and it's it's hard to sep uh, separate controversy when I talk about Mike Fuller because he's been a controversial figure in in the pedal industry for a while, and not just because, um, not just because of this. Like he's obviously had a long history of treating customers like trash, and um. And actually, you could even argue that part of this is the fact that he deleted the deleted the people on his Facebook group, or his, his not his Facebook group, but his, his Facebook page, and um, and or got them to rage quit or whatever you want to call that. And then all of a sudden, like turns around and uh, you know gets gets booted out of Guitar Center. I think that's partially because of his comments, but also because of the way he behaves. Um, and I, I think there's a cumulative effect there that we can't ignore. Um, I just laugh because this is the same question we or the same conversation we've had. And I'm going to give you the floor in a second, Jim, but this is the same conversation we've had on the show five times at this point, talking to people like talking about people like JHS, Josh Scott, right? Because apparently he was some part of some anti um, uh, LGBTQ, whatever movement thing. And uh, it through through his house of worship, right? He was a part of the International House of Prayer and didn't know that that right. was like a that they were funding some stuff and like well, he got he raked over the coals over that. He thought it was IHOP, which was International House of Pancakes. And, yeah, uh, well, he'd already yeah. left IHOP by the time he was accused of this. So, like, for, yeah. over other issues. So it's like a whole. That's another conversation into it in and of itself. But there's controversy and like people make buying decisions. The one, the one, the classic one that I want to bring up that comes to mind is Dan Electro. So back in, I want to say it was like 2007, 2008, um, Dan Electro was coming out with the cool, to the cool cat series. And people were like really popular. They were really excited by the cool cat, except that everybody sort of knew the cool cats were knockoffs of other pedals that already existed. And, um, they were all getting excited about these pedals until, um, until they realized that like the owner of Dan Electro, I forget his name was spending a bunch of money to like, fund anti-gay rights groups or something and then i can remember that blowing up on gear page and everybody being like i'm destroying my full tone pedals or not my full tone my uh dan electro pedals and he's a piece of trash and all this different stuff was going on at the same time and it's just really funny to me that that was going on and like now people are buying dan electro again nobody's nobody really actually like voted with their wallet the way that they probably should have in in that case, given the you know the moral ramifications of, there's one thing of giving, saying something versus giving money to a group that like is actually doing something. Um, I think that's more close to actually you know taking a negative action. Um, but I I just I can't help but wonder like how many opportunists are going to take advantage of the fact that full tone is going to be dirt cheap probably for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean I have a couple things I wouldn't mind having from them that. I it's I would buy them secondhand, so really Mike's not getting any money out of me. But it would be like the uh, the tube tape echo, for example. Let's see what that's going for. <laughs> I'm gonna be an opportunist for a moment. <laughs> um, 
I mean, there's still about a thousand bucks used. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, there have been some call outs of people to do stuff so that if they're playing a full tone. Um, yeah. Say, hey, we could continue to play it, but we're going to continue. I'm going to say something that might throw some people aside here. They, Mark, they just need to realize that somebody else this said is, this. Yeah. That. Yeah. This is what I'm I, I'm just repeating. So someone else said, and I'm not saying exactly what they said to put on and who it was, but some people were saying, and this has happened before, you know, face put the tape over it, right. to face it, and then um, now it's not a full-time penalty. Look, you can't take your money, if you spent your money on it, you can't take it back. Okay, that's not going to It's done and over with. You might that's as well done. just accept that, like, nobody knew. It. Nobody right. knew when I bought it. But, and to deface it, which is, you know, if you want to hide the fact that you're playing a full tone because you don't want people to, but what are you going to tell people what it is? If somebody asks, if you're, if you are a famous musician, which I don't see these people as being famous, but. I can't imagine whatever. many of our listeners are famous. No. I, yeah. And I don't think these people, are, <laughs> I don't think anybody we know would know who they are, but I'm still leaving your names. If you out. are famous, please reach um, out to us. We'd like to have you on the show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> But it's just, all right, I'm, uh, you know, <sighs> it, the only thing I can I can say whenever I see this stuff is, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. Yeah. Because um, that's what happens. Don't don't worry about that stuff. Look at me, look at me. Um, and then calling people out and say, you should buy Pedal Z because of some other reason. And that reason having nothing to do with tone. Who buys pedals based on something that's not based on tone? There's plenty of pedal builders. Dude, dude there's plenty. a whole industry of. Oh, my that's, God. That's what kills me is there's a whole industry of people that literally put pretty graphics on pedals and then pretend like it's something new. Right. And yet, usually when we hear about that, what do we say about it? What does the pedal community say about that? What does the guitar community say about that? They get all up in arms. Ah, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, you, you're just. You know, you're you're saying they're putting something. They pretend or, like it's not. Well, they pretend like it's not even a clone of something. Like that's usually what happens. It's like, oh, it's right. so cool. I like the art so much that it's not really this thing that I said it was. Right. Um, but and it, then there's what the, it is. Uh, <laughs> right. But then there's the um, uh, the other side of it, which is which is cool is which is turning something into your own. Like people who buy skins for campers and and uh, stuff like that. Right. Buy skins. Things. Yeah. That way you can you can play it with a Batman symbol on it i mean all right my point is don't try to it, again we get to where if you deface it you deface it it's your it's your property it's your business who cares what you do with it really seriously draw a turd on it for all i care i mean that's a, it's yours but to then say it's not a full tone if somebody said what what is it it's not a full tone well what is it you can't lie and say oh it's it's a I don't know. It's a joy. I don't know. Well, you could lie, but I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. We, we, what he did is his name Mark or Mike or something. Yeah, Mike Fuller. Mike Fuller. What he did was was um, completely uh, uncalled for. It, it was ignorant, and it was uh, what was the word I used when I first found out about it. Um, uh, it was insensitive and misguided. 
<laughs> and and misguided. I mean, everything that he did was insensitive. It was misguided. It was ignorant. It was it was. But you know how many freaking f- flaky people are true geniuses. I mean, that's just some. You know, there are a lot of they flaky people. Have that are other problems. There, they have yeah. lots of other problems. Usually, if usually if you're very intelligent, you lack something else. Right. And he definitely lacks people skills. The guy yeah, is a jerk. Does. From a million miles away, he lacks people skills. Uh, honestly, so, if he reached out to us, he's one of the few people that he reached out to us and like, like, I want to do an interview on your show. I would probably just like, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I no. don't need the controversy that's going to generate. There's not a whole lot of people that I would I would throw into that category. But in his case, I would be like, you know what? I really don't want to. I mean, I've used his products. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel ashamed for having what? had an OCD, uh, a mini Deja Vibe 2, um, a full tone catalyst, which my wife bought for me as a Christmas present. Like I don't, I I have no qualms about having owned those pedals. Do I? Do I feel frustrated that that you know he's had that money from me? Yeah, a little bit. But you know what? It's like I own a Kiesel. I'm not a big fan of Jeff Kiesel either. Right. You know, I like well, there's a whole lot of that kind of stuff out there. I lived I lived in true ignorance about the guy. To be honest with you. And so I owned a, um, I owned a full tone. Uh, he had a, there's a double distortion pedal. Yeah, the GT, has, the GT um, fifty no, or whatever. Full tone, full drive, full drive. Oh, the full drive. That's the overdrive, yeah. right? The overdrive. That's what I was thinking. Because he also so has the GT full pedal, drive. So. Yep. I had the full tone, full drive two, and the full tone, full, full tone, full drive MOSFET. I traded it for a MOSFET. I also had a Clyde Wah, not the deluxe. But a Clyde Wah mm-hmm. that I liked. He did like it. I like my Wah now better. Um, there's just a little something about where it, it cues that I like more. But at that time, I liked my Clyde Wah. So, which, which Wah do you have again? I have the Slash. Uh, oh, that's right. You have the Slash one. Right, right. Yeah, the Slash signature red one. Uh, for whatever reason, so, I was thinking you had the Kirk Hammett. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It doesn't. It doesn't have a foot on it that looks like a skeleton or whatever it is. That guy, that was stupid good. Like I know people. It I is know people stupid. Like good. I don't want to have a Kirk Hammett product, dude. Yeah, that no, was that really good. Is really good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that one. This one's made by who is it? Who is it that makes uh, this one? Uh, MX, not MXR. Dunlop. Uh, they make all the crybabies. Yeah. yeah, and I like it. So I don't, I don't complain, but I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't know Jim Dunlop if he whacked me up in the back of the head. Well, say, hey, gone. Jim, I'm he's right gone. Here. Oh, there you go. I wouldn't just died that. like last year. <laughs> I, think we did I honestly did not know show. that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We talked to... about it on the show, Jim. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I probably did. Oh, that's right. That's right. We did discuss it. It was last summer, right? Yeah. He had, it was a Titanic uh, loss for the guitar community for the, for the uh, guitar, like equipment community um, specifically. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't know who who's in charge of Boss, who's in charge of MXR, who's in charge of Dunlop now. I just don't think about it. It's Yoshi over Boss. Yeah, I think it is. Yoshi, Yoshi, I know is Yoshi P, and he's in charge of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, and uh, he's our he's our producer (laughs) for that. You know, I don't think about. I mean, uh, Brian Wampler. Right, he builds the the Paisley Drive. I, yeah, but I have you no know idea. him because he's like he does his YouTube channel. Like that's, right. that's if you're not in front reason. of your company, like it's not like Mike right. Fuller has ever been like really out in front of his company. He's right. relied on dealers. His sales method is really like conventional. He's relied on dealers to sell his product, and right. 
I can remember when people were talking about the OCD and they were talking about the um, mid-age vibe and stuff. And I go to the website and I would watch the little like quick time movie clip that's up there and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds okay, but it doesn't really even because he was like it was like cell phone video. And I'm like, what is the deal here? And it was just he just didn't want he didn't see any need to invest money in like actual audio clips. And um, he's related, I've heard to Robin Trower, which is why Robin Trower uses so much of his stuff. Um, Robin Trower's got a signature overdrive from him, et cetera. And I have heard it's because like he's Mike Fuller's like uncle or something. I don't I don't know the whole story there, but there's there's some sort of relationship there beyond just like um, an endorsement deal. So and actually I would credit Robin Trower for give for putting Mike Fuller on the map. You know, oh, well, I thought I was muted. So yeah. I was reaching over for my mute button. Yeah, yeah. I got to, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of that um, stuff. I mean, and that's the thing. You're not going to we're not going to be able to pull back time. I think that's what people want to do is this thing about like pulling back time and saying, OK, no, the OCD didn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, no, I didn't. I don't have an OCD. And they're throwing it in the garbage or whatever. I. I'm not going to go out and buy one. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm you, gonna, I don't have a... I'm going to say something really controversial. I don't want people to realize... I want people to realize I'm being controversial for controversy's sake, just so I can I can inspire an interesting thought. And it may, it may not change your opinion. I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm just saying this is an interesting way to look at this dilemma. And, uh, okay, so you're not going to buy from Mike Fuller because of his position on this issue and i and i fully support you making that stand like and actually would probably align myself with that same thing um but that has to do a lot with his history and and other things too um but i'll bet you you still shop at walmart or target and buy goods from companies where you don't know who the owner is and how they behave exactly exactly we don't know how ex yeah we don't know how they behave we don't know who, we don't who right who has walmart we haven't stopped um buying uh um hendrix albums and the hendrix family hasn't been exactly uh great to his memory right no I mean, well they they they've been better than the people that owned it before were but oh yeah yeah the ones that were that's who i was thinking is the ones from before yeah no he's and of actually, course his family's pretty much straightened out at this point but uh how about uh marvin gay's family how about uh <laughs> yeah you know the the things that um how about the people let's let's go all the way back let's go to um happy birthday and the and the girls that own that and how they were you know or, Fra um, or frank zappa's stuff. widow <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to put a little uh, silly point on. Oh, oh that look, I I'm was. Being, I, I'm being harassed. I mean, that's it's you all know. just a just a little bit of um, stuff we can't we can't know who built and and even if I did go to Walmart. All right, let's let's talk the stuff on our desks. Right, I've got a Logitech keyboard. Yeah, don't know who built it. Don't know what their politics are. Don't know anything about it. Exactly. I'm using a Logitech uh, camera. I'm using a uh, um, MSI uh, monitor. Don't know who built it. Don't care. It doesn't matter. Any of the stuff. Of fifty percent of these people are probably not going to agree with you. Yeah. Fifty percent of the people that either work for these companies or are in charge of these companies don't agree with you. Yep. And 
if you feel it necessary, like I get it. Like if you feel it necessary to structure your purchasing based on that, you've got a lot of research to do before you go to the grocery. Like I, I just can't imagine being that specific with where my money goes when the comments he made were the comments he made and not like, you know, some evidence being coming out that he's been giving money to the Ku Klux Klan, you know, for example, like, yeah, I don't think they're saying that it is. And, and I'm, I'm totally okay saying this. If there's any of our listeners that support the Ku Klux Klan, other than yeah, like, free, and, and other than a free speech way, get the, get the fuck out of here. Like I, ha- I have the right to use that word for that. Just get the fuck out of here. We don't, we don't do that shit here. Um, but I, I'm like, this is not that. I didn't even see his comments as being that. It's I, there's very much like um, people jumping their shit, their shit right now, and like I get it because you do have to educate people to you know to get the world to change, and like I'm totally okay with that. But it's not. Look, you have to be very careful about how you make those leaps, and um, I just feel like I feel like. Guitar Center's doing what they got to do, and I'm not upset with them. I'm I'm probably more upset with Mike Fuller than anything, but it's like, whatever, you know. In in ten years, somebody's gonna pick up one of these pedals in a pawn shop, and they're gonna be using it on stage, and no one's gonna care about the history of that pedal, and so it's gonna it's gonna blow up somewhere, and everybody's gonna be buying them. It's the you know like the John Mayer effect, right? Like he buys something, and everybody buys it. I, I'm not saying that it's going to be somebody from this period that does that, but it's happened before. It's going to happen again. And I, the thing is that the next, um, the next, uh, what's the word I want? Um, the next person who does, or didn't John Mayer, John Mayer, I, I don't want to say, um, uh, He's a bad guy or a good guy. I don't. I, again, I'm not making. I don't. I'm not making any um, judgment on people. I'm just saying that uh, John Mayer said some stuff that people found as as offensive or or insensitive a while back. A lot of. People, I don't want to repeat what it everyone was. Everyone makes insensitive comments in some capacity or another. Right. Um, and I've and heard so, people say things like silence is the same thing as making poor comments and choices. And it's like, I I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't, I, I, I had this long conversation with my wife yesterday and I basically said like, I'm not really sure how I fit into any of this. I'm not. And, and I'm not going to weigh in because I just like, it's not that I don't support it. I just right. don't know how, like, I don't know how I feel about it. And, and I have so much anxiety right now with the socio-political things that have been going on between COVID-19 coming out of it, going into protests and all this stuff. Like it's extremely difficult for me to function normally as a normal human being. And so for me to like have to react to this stuff, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, huh? Like you really, you really expect me to come to some sort of like um, cohesive thought pattern. I mean, I'm in therapy and I'm like, I need more therapy at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I need a lot more therapy. That should tell right. you something. That's the state of human affairs right now. And if you are, if you are in that anxiety state, like if you haven't had any anxiety because of COVID and all these other things, and you haven't had those moments where you're like mad at people on social media or whatever because you are in total agreement with everyone, I'm asking 
what is wrong with you? Like, how are you able to just be in total agreement with all the insanity of the world that's going on right now? Right. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think um, when I look at, you know, the, the state of things as they, as they stand and the way that things are going and the way that they are, um, I think one of the hardest things to see um, is how, uh, how messed up we feel, we, we as individuals feel. Each of us, I think that's the thing that people forget when they open their mouths. Uh, I haven't opened my mouth about the political environment at, at the time because I don't, I don't have any place, I don't have any standing um, except support. And so I've only said things that support, but I can't, I don't want to say things that are like, I know how you feel, or I know what this means. No, I because know. I don't think anybody does. I don't know, and I, I don't, don't want to say I know. I, and I so think... I'm not. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not slamming anybody. I'm not, you know, pre-COVID nineteen, I would open my mouth and say stuff like that all the time. Post-COVID nineteen, I'm sitting here thinking, we're in like this is like changed my opinion on everything, and I'm I'm literally at the point in my life where I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm going, who am I now? Um, I do know that I'm a musician. That's why we're still doing the show. And that's like one of the few grounded facts, like that I'm a father, like things like that. That's one yeah. of the few grounded facts I have. And that's the kind of stuff you have to, you have to base your, your, your life on. And I, I try not to let this, this kind of like, I just, I just try not to, I try to be above this stuff. I can't, I can't do it. Cause if I, yeah. if I, if I break into this stuff, I feel like, Take it on as you know my responsibility to um, educate others and do all these different things. Like, and that I assume that I know I know right from I know right from wrong in every possible situation and all these different things. It just it's it's overwhelming, and it leads to me having panic attacks. So I can't well, do it. Um, so um, one pop culture reference and one one uh, statement. Uh, so my pop culture reference is that so. There was a South Park episode um, called "With uh, um, What Is It With Apologies to Jesse Jackson." If you go back and watch it, um, Stan says something at the end of the at the thing is, and he says, "I get it, I get it, I don't get it. That's why I get it because I don't get it." And if you watch it, you'll understand what I mean. Um, in other words, I can never understand or get what the anger and frustration is that's going on right now. I don't get it, but that's what I get. I get that I could never get it and I understand why. The other side of it, um, the other thing I want to say is this, there's this, there's all these musicians who are, are waving their Twitter flags. The Twitter world is a Twitter. See how I did, see what I did there? I want everything it's, at half mass. It's a flutter. We, uh, I, a lot of things. Whether, whether, whether it's COVID-19 or or right. what's going on but, with you know the protesting and all this stuff like what a, we're right. in distress half mask right. so yeah and what I'm saying is so here's all these people that are you know look at me I'm Mr. Meeseeks look at me um none of them has written a protest song not one of these awesome musicians yeah. who are out there that are oh my god look at me look at me I'm Mr. Meeseeks look at me that's a great observation has written a freaking protest song. And then we're not talking about like the garage bands because there's definitely some people out there in like really small capacities who've right. done this. But nobody's like released a protest song 
either, you know, in, in support of or in defense of what's going on or even, you know, to talk about like the, the freedom issues of COVID-19, whether you're in agreement or non-agreement with that. I mean, I thought this would be so much fuel for yep. creative endeavor, and I'm just not seeing the reaction I had anticipated. From as far back as I can remember, whether it's Woody Guthrie, um, whether it's uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and whether it's NWA, uh, there are so many um, – or or uh, what was the Tom Morello's band? Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Rage, Rage Against the Machine. So much protest music that um, that that shouted out, that said, that expressed the the feelings of the people that were deep in the thing that's going on, which helps um, relieve stress and tension too. Right. Um, and I mean, we 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 I to borrow the phrase, we want to heal the world right now, yeah. um, both from COVID nineteen and civil unrest. And, and as we and as we saw from the past, it does not come from celebrities going into a camera singing Imagine. I mean, it's got to come from something that's heartfelt and that comes from from deep within. I am not. The, I am a fifty six year old white male. I get that. I it, my opinion does not matter. I get it. I really do, folks. Don't think I'm sitting here going my opinion matters. My yeah. opinion doesn't matter. I and I nothing I could say, write, or create would come from a heartfelt place that it needs to come from right now. It, and and I couldn't get on my hands and knees and beg people to create something right now that is is so um, powerful, so poignant that it reaches into our very souls and and says to us, look, we need to we need change. And this is what the real change should be. There's so many people, man, this is so political, but I'm going to say it. There's so many people that just want to throw money at stuff and walk away. See, threw money at it. I gave a million dollars. They've done it before. Yep. And then what happens? That's why nothing. Work. That's why nothing changes. That's not change. That's no, just throwing you've money. No, you've got to shove it down. You know, whoever you're, you're going to get it changed. I don't want to say shove it because it's forced, but you have to find the appropriate channel to to put yourself into in order to make yeah. something change. You do. Um, and I'm not going to comment on what that appropriate channel is. Obviously, some people are already making those decisions for us in this country, and yeah, you know, whatever that whatever that is, that is. But um, I just look. When it comes to when it comes to Mike Fuller and full tone, like yeah. who cares? Come Honestly, on. like if, if Guitar Center <laughs> doesn't carry his stuff, Guitar Center doesn't carry his stuff. That's right. Like my day does not change. I, this <laughs> is my I'm just letting it roll off because I'm like if I had to if I had if I had to state what I what I really believe, I would say that Mike Fuller is not his product. If you really want his product by used. Um, and that, uh, guitar center is exercising their rights. That's right. And, and literally that's devoid of emotion and, and context there. Like, I honestly, they, they have, they have every capacity to make that decision. And I think that they are making the decision and that's, that's what it should be. Um, that's right. I, do I care about the issue? Hell yeah, I do. Um, do I care about him? No, no, I don't. Um, and the reality is that my opinion is not going to change his opinion and uh, he will still have money in some capacity. He will sell his company and he will make money. And actually the best joke I saw, and I don't know if you've seen this, Jim, was that um, 
um, who is uh, a John Cusack pedals, right? Oh. Cusack pedals. He comes out and he says, he says, I'm getting my cash offer available to to buy full tone. And he basically took all the change out of his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and like and like a, a bottle opener and something else. And he yeah. threw it on the table and took a picture the of it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yep. <laughs> I mean, I was like, uh, yep. What can you say, man? Your, your company, because you can't control your mouth and because you can't behave like a civilized human being. Yep. You just flushed your company down the toilet. Like, that's unbelievable. It's it, to borrow the phrase, it's inconceivable because it sad. is like you just flushed your company down the toilet. That's right. The sad part is that it's not him. He'll he'll bounce back. I'm sure. Not him. It's no. It's, it's the people that the, the people, people that work. are. And he has employees. He has like ten people that work for him. Yeah. Um. Actually, that's another like little um aside. Is he will probably find employment in the industry designing for someone else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they, will, and they will they will keep him behind the curtain and no That's one right. will know that he's building pedals for somebody else. He could go right now, sell his company for half a million or a million dollars. Yeah. You know, I don't know what they're worth, but he could sell his company, right? And get get the rock bottom price for it and then go work for for a Dan Electro, the guy where Dan Electro would not give a crap about him designing pedals yep. and then have him sourced overseas. Or and, he could sell it and and retire. Yeah, he and retire. Have he's actually retirement age. So yeah. you know, um, so, it's I mean it's a done deal. It's like it's all so done and over with. Um, right. If you feel necessary, vote for your vote with your wallet. Do it, but just understand that like there's a whole lot of people who just don't care about it and won't care. And you know what? If you were going to walk into a mom and pop and they still have full tone pedals in case, do you think they're going to tell you that what right. his political position is? Now they're trying to get rid of him too. So um, just think about, you know, the fact that like he's, those are still going to sell somewhere. It's not even the, what is it? The Ryan Adams pedals are getting uh, resold now as something else. Oh, yeah. They oh, they yeah. rehoused him or whatever. The VCR or whatever to call yeah. it. Well, he had a bunch of pedals. He had that, he had the DEF CON and, yep. um, but they got rehoused and they're now being sold as something else. Just a sad state of affairs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about modeling for a minute and not behavior because we just talked about Mike Fuller. <laughs> Here, Let's let talk me about just modeling. run my that mouth was... for two hours. I, I, <laughs> Mike I'm, Fuller. Hi, I, I, I'll talk about modeling. I'm going to be um, uh, Planet Fitness opens on Monday, so I'm going to oh. try to restart my modeling career. Gonna, but anyway, what we model at Planet Fitness, folks. <laughs> first, first, I'm going to be Planet Fatness. I'm going for Planet Fitness. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So I, uh, I have I've been having an interesting conversation with show listeners, right? And um, one of the comments that I got from somebody was that you kind of reversed your opinion on modeling when HW was on the show. And I've been going back and forth on how the Kemper fits into my life, um, whether I prefer to play real amps, what that means to me, um, what that means to me as a player. And I've been doing a lot of soul searching, actually, and I'm not really – like, I'm not really totally in alignment with what I'm going to say, but I'm like, I'm feeling like this is more of a means to an end than it is just like an ongoing debate. Um, but I know it is still an ongoing debate and it will be for the foreseeable future. But the idea that the um, that modeling has hit this, um, what I call the singularity, right, where the mo modeling has now achieved the same level of tonal flexibility as a real amp. And it brought up some interesting discussion. And I think there were some things that were pointed out in this conversation that 
are they're they're worth noting. It's like this has been an ongoing topic on the show, right? We have, I'm sure most of our listeners are probably have stepped their foot into modeling, but they're not committed, right? They're kind of, they still got a tube amp laying around. They might have a solid state amp laying around. Like, you know, they're still got some analog stuff. They got analog pedals on their board, that kind of thing. Um, Jim, you've dabbled in modeling. You've had a pod, uh, HD 500. Um, you've had various other devices. You had a Helix or an HX effects. Um, and so you're still kind of, dabbling in that hybrid realm now you have the the tone master which is essentially a modeling amp except it only models one amp um and i've had uh, yep i've had the full tone uh what do they call it or not full time i'm sorry the the uh yeah start the, that, the line six full uh, uh flex uh, flex tone flex tone thank you i uh, had the line six the two, flex tone. right yeah the two and i had the three yep and so Yours, yours was slightly less turdy than mine was. Yeah, um, slightly, very slightly. I was actually okay. So let me explain the light, the Flexstone three XL. We've talked about it on the show before. I was my like first real amp, um, and when I bought it, my, my parents actually bought it for me. It was like eleven hundred dollars. Okay, right. And it was a two by twelve combo, and then I bought the foot controller, which made it like thirteen hundred because you had to buy the four board Veda short foot controller when they first came out because they didn't have any of the short boards available or any of that kind of stuff. Okay. Those all came later, right. Where they had the four switches and all that thing. Um, so I get this thing home and like, um, I live with it for, I, I, I mean, this was my main gigging, my main amp for probably 12 years and oh, but less than that, probably, probably 10 years. Okay. And, um, I noticed that it had a distinct lack of bass and I did all these things. Like I ran a rack and I had a, I had a sonic maximizer in my rack running in stereo because I had a stereo effects loop on the amp and I could tighten it up and do all these things to it. But I was always using external gear to like make up for the inadequacies of the amp. And then I suddenly realized one day um, it was the speakers. The speakers in that amp were so horrid that there was no way that thing was ever going to sound good. They were, they were what they called Celestian C12P I think it was C12Ps. I think that's what they called them. And they were supposed to be a modeling speaker, like a flat response speaker so that yeah. you could superimpose cabin models. But here's the thing. They were flat response. And I can tell you why. Because they gave you the ability to defeat the cabinet on the on the amp itself, the cabinet modeling. What does that tell you? That tells yeah. you that the cabinet modeling is applied over a guitar loudspeaker. <laughs> right. And the speakers that were in it, the C12Ps um, were really Celestian T75s, um, which are, you know, a lot of people like those speakers. They're not my favorite. I would rather have greenbacks, but um, they were T75s, and then they cut off all the bass. And it was like, that's how you make a flat speaker? <laughs> it was like, what? Um, and it was an open back cab. So this thing had like no guts. You could run, it was 175 watts, two channels. You could run this thing flat out and it would, it would still have no guts. Like it never got to the point where you were getting kicked in the chest. Yeah. Mine was the same way. Um, I, yeah. so it, th that's true, but I've played yours in gig situations. Believe it or not. Um, I actually have sat in with a band where their guitar player uses that same amp. And, um, the the reason I bring it up is because it had more guts than the Flextone 3 did. And he had a one yeah. by 12. 
You're yeah. the little one by 12 version. And That's like, I, I always joke that someday I'd like to have one as a, like a nostalgia practice amp, like the one by 12 flex tone two, just because it's hilarious. Um, when you, when you think back at like what, what modeling was, you know, yep. cause like the pod pretty much started all like there were, there were products before the pod, there was the J station stuff, but the pod started it all. Let's face it. Like when the pod 2.0 came out, modeling hit its prime. And then everybody was like, Hey, this would be really cool to have. Um, and then of course the flex tone stuff happened and all those different things. And they, the access to 12 was a, was a thing. And I've heard various YouTubers take out these old modeling products re- recently and like, Hey, do these, are these still sound good or whatever? And then you, of course they get great sounds out of them. Right. But they're usually killer players anyway. So it's like, well, you know, am I hearing the, the pot or am I hearing the guy, you know? Um, I think I could probably get a pod 2.0 and make it sound good to be completely honest with you, because I've got experience with the product, but it's just like, I wouldn't do it again. And I am so anti-modeling now. Like you guys can't even imagine. I, I, I literally, I literally have these moments where I, I, I fight myself. Cause I'm like, I'm like the Kemper sounds good. And I know it sounds good. Like in, in, in my rational brain says that, but my heart says it's modeling. It's not the real deal. Like you shouldn't be happy about it. You should have the real deal. And, and, and it's like, it, it, I'm literally at war with myself over it because I've had such a negative experience in the past with digital modeling gear that when you finally find something like the Kemper, the Helix, the Axe effects that actually does what it says it's going to do. And it does it reasonably well, like it does beyond reasonably well. It, it, it redefines what that is. Um, you realize that like so much of this is personal preference. And I, I had that epiphany right before the episode with HW a couple hours before watching some of his videos. And I was thinking like, Hmm, did I hit the singularity where I started to realize that, you know what? It doesn't really matter what it is. I know how to play it. And it goes back to that line six flex tone three XL I had. Because I started out on modeling. I had I had a Brownsville practice amp before that. And I had a I had a keyboard amp before that. Those were my amps. And then when I got that flex tone, I thought that thing was awesome for the first couple of months I had it. For a year I had it, two years I had it. Um and then as I got older and more mature and started to realize like, no, it doesn't sound as good as this guy that I used to play with or this guy that I used to play with, and they're all using tube amps. I started to I started to back off and then I started to look at like what the professional players were using and realizing like no the only guys that were using digital modeling were like the the first call like local um bar bands and stuff. And then I realized like this is really not pro gear from the sense of pros aren't using it. And that, at that time, I'm not thinking endorsements either. Like the right. fact is those guys are endorsed by the companies that are that of the that have the stuff that they use. And that's really what drives that commentary and conversation. But um, now I sort of know, like, there are pros taking campers out. There's a lot of pros taking campers out, uh, it, particularly people that have, like, very high-profile careers in music. Um, there was a prog uh, metal band. Um, I think it's Trivium. I think that's their name. Um, who uses nothing but campers. They have three campers in a rack. That's their rig. Yeah. And the 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 logic behind it is like we control every aspect of our sound. We literally give it to front of house and they're mixing levels. Yep. 
And it, I mean, when you think about it from that perspective, you start to realize like I spend, I've spent how many years of my life twiddling knobs and not getting what I wanted. I bought a camper. I started to get what I wanted. Um, I can get what I want out of it. And here I am second guessing it. Cause I'm like, it's not authentic. That's the most ridiculous thing. Like it's not, this is not like the same debate as, Hey, I bought a, Ch I've got my hand in my camper. It's out of the frame. Um, it's not the same thing as I bought a Chinese pedal and it's a complete knockoff of this other American pedal that everybody likes. And so I feel guilty because I didn't reward the original builder and for their design and all that. It's not that. Like, I don't have that moral dilemma downloading profiles of somebody else's amp. And I'll tell you why, because um, number one, I'm downloading somebody's interpretation of that amp because obviously they set it up and they dial it that way, right? We had that right. conversation with with, uh, with HW. Um and by the way, if you haven't listened to the HW interview, what are you doing? Pause this. Go over. Go or open a new web or new tab in your browser if you're on a browser, and open up his video and watch it. If not, wait until the end and then go back and watch it because it's yeah. great. Um, you'll learn a lot. I, I certainly did. Um, I really feel like there's been a revolution, a quiet one, in the sense that. This has happened and people are starting to, you know, like take note. I have a friend um, who's also a show listener. Um, I won't out anybody here. He's been going back and forth between modeling products and tube amplifiers for pretty much the last 15 years. And he's had various two. He's got two great tube amps right now. And he's also got um, an XFX product from fractal right and he's going he's coming to me today saying you know it sounds really good and i'm putting it up against the amps that i've actually own that it does and they're super close um and they're you know the difference is like three to five percent and my commentary on this was three to five percent like we spend 90 percent of our time chasing that last one percent and I believe it. I believe it's absolutely true. I have spent more time dialing in equipment than I have actually playing the instrument. Yeah. And so when you find the thing that works for you, don't fight yourself about authenticity. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Just accept that it works. It it does what you want it to do. And play the freaking guitar. I mean, honestly, I could spend hours downloading and tweaking presets the the conversation I was alluding to with um, HW and why the Kemper is not really an issue with uh, privacy and stuff is more or less that, you know, you can buy piracy rather. You can buy somebody's amp profiles. The Kemper doesn't allow you to make an amp. Right. You know, it allows you to, to sample an amp basically. Right. And uh, even then you're sampling it at the settings and the signal chain and the room it's in and all that stuff are all variables and what it's going to sound like. Um, and, you know, you will spend money buying other people's profiles. It's going to happen. I mean, I thought, oh, I'll just get everything out of the rig exchange. And I found some cool stuff. But I'm not so thrifty that I'm like, man, I, I, I'll I, just use this other amp that's sort of like a JCM 800 because it's not an 800. You know, like, no, I want an actual 800. Like, if I'm going to do it, like, give me the authentic 800. Give me an 800 sound that's actually worth it. I look um, at it. I look at it in, a, in another way. There, there are there are uh, 
There are things we use. There, there, there are tools, right? So our amplifiers, just like our guitars and everything else, is a tool. So this is this is what I see. There are the tools that inspire us to continue to apply, but there are also the tools that in, that allow us to do what we need to do. And I honestly see those things as two different things. It's kind of like um, there was a time <clears throat> when I would compare operating systems, right? Windows and Mac, for instance. Windows is more like um, a generic truck. You can you can haul milk one day, and you can haul bread and cheese the next, or you can yeah. haul cattle, right? All you got to do is put it in there. Where Macintosh is more like you're going to haul these specific things that we allow you to haul because that's what we put on here. Okay. So especially in the day when I was first getting into Mac, okay, Mac had Mac and Mac products and that was it. Yeah, there was like a whole crew of software developers that did nothing but for de develop for Mac. And if you wanted software, those are the people you had to buy from. That's right. You didn't buy from anybody else. So um, let's put it another way. You might have, let's say you have a little extra money. You have two cars, right? Let's say, let's say you're a race car driver. You don't drive to and from the track on the same car that you drive around the track, right? No, that's why they have a daily driver. That's right. So, and if you're a if you're a person who has a little extra money, you might have a Corvette in the, in the garage while your Honda sits out in the driveway, right? Um, so, What's my point? My point is one of those is inspiration and the other one is the daily task. But you definitely have two cars, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you might have a set of, of snap-on tools and those are the ones you use to work on your really good stuff. But you also might have a set of, of DeWalt and Craftsman in the house and those are the things you use to tighten up your own uh, Listen to Jim hating uh, on DeWalt. I like DeWalt. I have a I have a whole DeWalt kit. What do you? You see me? my you, back behind the screen back here. There's a uh, a, a toolbox that's like four compartments high. It's like like a meter off the ground. Yeah, mine's with Milwaukee tools. Yeah, mine's got the I've got DeWalt in a in a big bag and, and a yeah, little yeah, bag yeah. and a side bag. Um, but you see my point, right? So so we might use um, uh, generic things. For some stuff, and we might use more expensive stuff for other stuff. Um, and I can I can understand um, how people can get caught up um, in the in the uh, you know I gotta play this amp. It's gotta be this one. Well, Gibson's slogan is "Play authentic." I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it's, mean, it's built on the same. It's predicated on the same principle, right? Right. That there's a difference between. A Gibson or Gibson that's made by somebody else, <laughs> like even if it was the original spec, you know. Right. And there are those who tell me that they're they believe their chipsons are just as good. And I have to believe that they that to them and at for least, them. At least in some cases, some of those Gibson or some of those chipsons might be just as good. That's right. If you get lucky, win the lottery, and find the right builder over in China to make them for you. Right. Or you get the right one off the line. But the point is that that um, that is not going to inspire me. That might be the one that I take to the gig, but it's not going to be the one that inspires me. And that's the that's the difference. And that's some the of us need, connection. right, and some of us need 
inspiration on stage. Others need to just get the job done on stage. And I'm not saying that a Kemper can't inspire. I think a Kemper can be inspirational. And the reason I think a Kemper can be inspirational is because with a Kemper, you're allowed to be 25 different amps. And you just may not have the ability to have 25 different amps, whether it's that one night or 25 different nights, you know, that's um, part, that's part of it. I, I think the other part is that it actually allows you to do things that you can't do in the real world. Right. And, and people like it opens doors. Um, there was another thing I was going to, I was going to add to that, but go ahead, go on. Well, I, I, and I want to, I want to end it with my part of it with this is there are people who sit down, right. And they, and they say, I've got to play this authentic amp. Okay. You got your authentic amp and my 42 pedals that are in front of it. And one of them, one of them is a big sky. And one of them is a, I, I know because I watch these Sunday morning things cause I got, you know, on church and I'm like, I can't even hear the guitar player. Cause because he's so washed in stuff, and I'm not putting down. Please yeah, don't they're trying to sound like a keyboard pad, like a keyboard pad. Right, but they're so their their sound is so padded. By the time it gets to the amp, do you know what the crazy thing is though, Jim? Like when you listen to those mixes and you're like, I can't hear what they're doing. Yeah, if you've ever had the ability to like sit with somebody while they're mixing that, or like even just to listen to it, and they hit the mute button on the guitar part, everything yeah. falls apart. Yeah. It's it's hilarious to me how it's, much of it actually will fall apart. It is based on the fact that the guitar is doing bad stuff. That's right. It is there. That's exactly right. But what I don't hear is guitar. What I hear is pad. And that's what. Right. They're using it to do that. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's being used in an unorthodox way. That's what makes me sad. That's why the pog. That's why the pog is so popular. Like pedals like that, because they allow you oh, to yeah. do those kind of synth effects. Yep. Yeah, um, there's another company that has some decent synth, synth pedal stuff that uh, I like. But um, yeah, I mean, I can understand you need a little delay because you got to you got to, you know, synthesize the fact that the room has a little bounce yeah. or you need, um, you know, or you need to push the amp a little harder. So you got an well, overdrive. I get that. Let me let me let me share with you like the latest trick. And this is something yeah. that I don't really think exists in the real world so um how many guitar players that don't use a rack which is pretty much everybody these days right um right. have a stereo widener where they can actually make their guitar bigger in a stereo mix by using a widener or you know just adjust it i don't do that what i do is i have a i have a delay it's set to about 17 milliseconds um, or 20 milliseconds and it's a stereo delay. And I basically, um, I cut a lot of bass off of it. Right. And, and there's a reason for that. I cut, I, I cut a lot of bass off of it and, I, and I'm very selective about where the bass cut goes. And then I, I mix that in with the regular guitar signal. So it's like a doubler, but because the Kemper allows me to go in and dial in like some uh, modulation and stuff, I can actually make it more like a doubler. And I use this as part of the, uh, I have a button on my, on my um, board that I use for like a lead boost. In front of this, I run a mid boost EQ with like a decibel and a half of gain or two decibels worth of gain. I hit that when I'm doing a lead 
and it engages both a fattening from the from the doubler um and a, you know makes the sound bigger it fits the mix differently and the mid mids push through and suddenly you can hear me um and i don't think there's a pedal that can accomplish that right now that yeah. the doubler effect i know there's like the mimic and stuff and those are like true doublers because that's not really what i'm doing I, I what i'm doing is actually more akin to like um automatic double tracking there is the keely uh 30 milliseconds 30 ms or whatever which yeah. is supposed to emulate that um i haven't experimented with it but i just sort of feel like i can program all that stuff in the kemper you know like it's i don't even need to go buy the new keely 30 milliseconds i can just use it yeah um and the other thing is it's like my imagination runs wild like i can do things in there and the workflow, that's the inspiring part. That was the other part I was gonna I was gonna talk about with inspiration. If you're gonna sit down and tweak a guitar amp, there's only a finite amount of things you can do. Yep. If you're not happy with your sound, you're not happy with your sound. There's no more models like a, a traditional tube amp. Um, there might be other modes. You might be able to get like 75% of the way there. You might have pedals where you're pushing through it, but even that's limited, right? Um, the whole idea that you're going to put a metal zone in front of a Fetter Twin and make it sound like uh, a, a dual rectifier is just absolutely preposterous. It's just not right. going to happen. I sure I've heard some good tones doing that, by the way, putting a metal zone in front of a Fetter Twin. But I but I will say that like it's always going to be a bit of a compromise. And I think the Kemper is a compromise, but it's a way smaller one um, to being able to do that. Now, do I use the Kemper to its fullest ability? Do I do I use all 500, you know, profiles that I can load in there or whatever? Right. No, no I don't. Um, but I'm starting to like and I'm getting to this point where it's like. I Somebody suggested to me make a performance for every song you do have, you know, the five separate basically what are equivalent to snapshots and helix for each one. And then use that as to get through your songs, you know, first chorus, bridge, whatever. And I kind of feel like that's a good approach. But I'm also like, I really don't, I really want to keep my core sound kind of the same. So what I was doing in Helix was I'd like, I take my main amp, which is the, the model I use for everything. And then I would like pair it with another amp to, to vary the sonic signature. But now I'm kind of thinking like, no, you know what? I'm going to have to just like, maybe I'll use the same post effects and maybe use a different amp out front. And then I can have like a Friedman be for something or the dirty surly which by the way he he mentioned the dirty surly when he was on this on the show and that, that's a quite a good model um that he's put together um i i feel like that's a better more uh it's it's a more extensible approach it's more useful for me um and the other thing is that you know when i record um, I've been complaining back and forth about, you know, I need another seven string because I need to be able to do doubles and all this. I don't need that. I could just use different amps. I, honestly, like the profiles are different enough that I can get away with that. So that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I Again, I look at it in uh, in a way that allows me to like I said, it's like a painting with numbers, right? We're not painting by numbers, but painting with numbers. We're using these things to paint, and then somebody else can go in and fill it in with the same numbers if they wanted to. But the but the fact is that every brushstroke you do is going to be different from what a brushstroke that somebody else does. 
um, my son was looking at, um, you know, some of the stuff that that people do to fake uh, artwork, right? Mm-hmm. To make fake artwork. He's not trying to fake artwork. He's trying to see how he can get artwork without having it, without being faked out, right? So if you if you know the strokes, like let's yes. say you were going to buy Starry Starry Night, right? Um, you would have to have the ability to know that you were looking at a real. Yeah, you'd um, have to know the way that he painted it, and you can tell that um, right. if you've ever looked at an oil painting, you can look closely at it and determine which way the strokes went, even in other paintings. Um, and then, and then there's ways to be able to tell, like you can get prints, but are you getting second printing or third printing or fourth printing? You know, because each one goes worse. Um, so he's looking at how you can look at those things, and again, that goes to that speaks to copying and copying and copying and copying, and. I think what has happened over the years, like I'll go back and I'll listen to a song. Like I've been listening to uh, Barracuda, obviously a lot. And I've been listening to um, don't fear the reaper. And, and I didn't cause I was listening for the cowbell, you know, in the, in the thing, you know, it's so loud. The cowbell so loud in that, in that, um, mean Saturday night live. Skit. Did, right. Right. Yeah. But it's really surprising. I liked it before that skit, by the way. Yeah. I love that song. So don't get I always love that song. Um, and so I, I I had Agents of Fortune when it was brand new. I was just going to say, you were alive yeah. when that album yeah. came out. <laughs> I was not alive. I, I was in high school, I think, uh, yeah. when, when Agents of Fortune came out. And I remember listening to Don't Fear the Reaper, right? And uh, what was that, 78? Sounds right. Um, so, you know, when, when uh, you hear that cowbell in there, um, and you and you but you then you start paying attention to what the guitars are doing and all the starts and stops. First of all, it's a faster song than I remember. Yes. It's actually pretty fast. And secondly, the stuff the guitars do when he builds and builds and builds on that. I was like, oh wow, this is so incredible. But what am I getting at is I thought it was like, oh, this is super distorted. This is like, no, this this is actually a very clean guitar. Yeah, even the solo is super clean, yeah. just driven. You know, there's no fuzz boxes on that. No, it's just um, overdrive. He, he cranked the amps up. It was a Fender basement, I believe, on that. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, and an SG and a um, uh, I don't remember what the other guitar was, but they uh, yeah, they they were pushing them hard. That was before Dharma used head. Headless guitars. Yeah. Well, they didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, Steinberger had invented one yet. Not in 77 or 78. I th- That didn't happen until yeah, like I don't 82, think so. I think, or 81. So let's they didn't see. didn't come to market until 82 or 81. That was 76. So, yeah, I was a teenager. So it's it's just funny, the, um, uh, you know, the guitars that were on there. But it. But it, it's it speaks to this, and it speaks to the nuance that we have, um, and that goes to what we talked about in the very beginning of this show as well. Do you care about the nuance? Do you want that nuance? Do you need that nuance? Or are you creating your own new nuance? And if you're creating your own, if you're coming up with your own nuance, then do you really care about what somebody else did? You care about what you're doing, right? Yeah. Are you reinterpreting or are you trying to rehash? Um, 
and I think that's a big uh, that's a big component of a lot of these modeling conversations is like we we've talked about this before, but modeling right now is so focused. I mean, we call it modeling. It's digital amplification is what it is. Yep. And we are so focused on nailing the sounds that have come be come before that we don't look forward to see where we can go. Right. Because I can tell you right now, you can use modeling technology to make amplifiers that are better than tube amps. As long as you're not looking for the sound of specific said tube amp that's already been designed, right? Um, I know people will say this blasphemy, but you can emulate the tube more easily than you can emulate the sound of all the components together. And I sort of feel like that's kind of where we're headed. Pro so the Katana, I was hoping when the Katana showed up that that's actually what they had done. And no, what they did was they rehashed the Boss GT100 and um, we tweaked the sound so that they would work better with the speaker combination and the Class D power amp, which is, look, it's fine, right? I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not ragging on the Katana. I've owned, I've owned two. You've owned five. Um, yeah, that I think five. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> I think the count ended at five. Um, but I think there is room in the market for more things like Nextone, right? Which are arguably digital modeling products that don't emulate something that already exists. They're giving you a component architecture that you yourself can modify and manipulate. And BIOS, um, the software BIOS, which is uh, um, not media BIOS or anything like that. We're not going political. <laughs> We've had enough of that, that uh, conversation. Um, BIOS is a software that you can get. It's a plug-in and you can, you can run guitar through it and you can actually, um, you can actually design an amp inside BIOS. You can pick your tube types, you can pick your transformers, you can pick, and it assembles what their ideal thing of, of an amp is. But you know what the funny part about things like BIOS is? They're still emulating the amplifier itself. I want an, I want an intuitive control set like for a producer, somebody who doesn't know about guitar technology who can sit down and say, I want a tightness control. I want a bass metal treble pre and post. So like before the amp and after the amp label the controls in such a way that they make sense. I want gain stages that are switchable. So if I want to add a gain stage, I press a button and maybe like some contouring for each gain stage that are available on buttons. And it should just be like, like, like a curve, you know, that's the, like the characteristic of it. So that when you, when you're like putting this amp together, it's just basically like, click, 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 click. I know these are the things I'm looking for. Not so much like, I know these are the ways to get to what I'm looking for. Because I think that's the big hurdle is we still think in terms of what already has come before and how they did it instead of where can we go and how easy is it for us to get there? Do you know what I'm saying? So like when you buy an amplifier, um, when you're, so it, I guess my, my generation is different, right? Because like we grew up in the age of, of, uh, I didn't, but I, m the generation post me grew up in the age of iPhones and, um, social media and all these different things. And like really usable software, um, where usability is the chief concern. Um, I have ne I could never imagine hearing a 15 year old say that's bad UI, but I've heard that. <laughs> you know, it's like in my generation, they would have never said that's bad UI, 
Like they wouldn't even know. I say UI to people my age. They're like, I don't even know what that is. Um, which is kind of hilarious to me too, because I, you know, we are part of the information age. Like we basically right. developed it, right? And there's still part people in my age group that are like completely devoid of knowledge on it. Um, but I feel like we haven't tackled the usability side of amplification, and that it it's it's a hurdle for people who are younger to get into guitar and not have something be intuitive. Like when you pick up an amp. I my wife and I go back and forth all the time. I say it's a dark sound. She goes, "What does that even mean?" Like it, you know, that sound sounds brown to me. The famous brown sound analogy. What does that even mean? How can you use a color to describe a sound? Yeah, and I think the realization is that we use a lot of technical jargon that you have to learn, and we can make it easier, and we can enable people to actually play guitar again. We just have to think like a newer generation. And I think there are products that are definitely doing that. Um, I think the Quad Cortex is going to be one that does it very well. I think the um, what's the other uh, the spark is a good example right bias again there you go bias doing their thing um, they're getting closer to this idea of using a simple UI that people can understand line six gets it they released the pod pro or whatever it is have you have you ha have you seen that yet it's basically helix tech in a pod I haven't been to a guitar sh uh, shop since uh, March it's a floor pod and they use the models from Helix in it. So it's no longer like the crappy old school HD 500 style models or whatever. Um, and it has more flexible routing. Um, I could see a lot of churches adopting that as this is an inexpensive way for us to get pro quality guitar tones in our in our worship service. Um, so, but uh, I feel like it's it's time for people to like stop worrying about the name on the badge from the perspective of not not from like oh it's a wongs or it's a real jcm 800 like that's i get i sort of get like there's going to be a difference in quality between a wongs and a jcm 800 you know what i mean but like i'm using the kemper to do jcm 800 versus the real jcm 800 or I'm using the a Helix to do JCM 800 versus a really 800. Stop worrying about the gear. Start worrying about what they're playing. Right. Because I, you'll see a hell of a lot of great players today. Got the, the guys that are up and coming today. Not all of them are into into real amps anymore. They're not. And it's because we were raised and I, we were born into a culture of digital amplification. And for us, the challenges of like dealing with the latency. Yes, I don't like it, but can I play through it? Am I comfortable with it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't really, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, I can't do that because the latency is terrible. Um, it, it contributed to the fact that I got rid of my Helix, but there were other issues that were, that were, you know, building that as well. So right. I'm not, I'm not pro any particular camp. You find what works for you. This is something we've said before. There's no such thing as bad tone, inappropriate tone. Um, that's, you know, lines or not line six, uh, um, 60 cycle hum, um, reference, but, uh, yep. yeah, just find what works for you and stop worrying about what other people are worried about. The only thing that concerns me about using digital gear, even now is the fact that I know someday there will be a Kemper two. 
<laughs> yeah. And and it's the fear that my my product and my investment will be worthless at that point. Does it matter if I get my use out of it? No. No. But the problem is for 10, for 10 years, I bought gear and not gotten any use out of it. I think right well, now, just going to open mics, I probably, I probably, my rental on this, I'm probably about halfway to my rental. Let like, me ask I you this. I feel like I got my money out of it so far. How many things have we looked at, digital or otherwise, where we said, wow, the first one was better than the new one? I no, mean, it's rare. Right. The, the Flexstone 3 versus the 2 is the only situation where I can go, yeah. And that was because they made some sacrifices. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, it, it's just, uh, I think it's a good thing uh, for the people who are buying into it new as time goes on. Um, I think it's a bad thing. Like, what if you're the person that just bought the damn thing? And then the two, like, I bought the Katana. And what happened a couple months later? They dropped the Katana 2. Katana 2. Oh, right. you sons of bitches. <laughs> I will give you the thing that we did not talk about with HW on the air about that argues in favor of the Kemper. Kemper's biggest value, its greatest asset is its community. And I don't mean the people in a Facebook group. I mean the fact that you can get on the rig exchange and download rigs and that there is a whole community of people producing profiles for the Kemper for the Kemper. Yeah. I will say this emphatically. I don't think they're going to belly up all of the people that have contributed to the success of the Kemper. Right. And that's HW, that's Michael Britt, that's Synmix, that's um the Amp Factory, all these different profilers that are out there. They will still be out there. Yeah. And their profiles will continue to work in whatever new hardware iteration comes. Yeah. Um, and to my understanding, even talking with HW and he's had com conversations with Christoph Kemper, um, they're not looking at replacing the Kemper anytime soon. Um, oh. that, that's something that may, you know, there'll be new hardware products eventually, but we all know that there's always going to be new hardware products. There's always room to expand. Um, but that they, that Christoph himself says that the platform is still sound. It has room for growth and that they have features to implement and they've been planning to continue to implement features because the cost of the hardware is how they make their money. When you would think about, well, yeah. When you think about the fact there's, what did he say? They're using 40% of CPU. Yeah. We got to be careful about that conversation. Cause I think there were things being told that, that we probably shouldn't mention, but yeah, no. So that's been publicly said. Christoph said that 40% of the Kemper's CPU has been used. And that was at the time that the new reverbs and delays came out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can't tell what, you know, this one thing that they add will add to percentages. We can't, we think we can't tell. No, we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't, we don't, we don't know what that add is, but the thing is, right. So 40% of the CPU's resources have been used yep. as of delay reverb. And that actually that that when he said that the Kemper that they were showing off was piloting the Kemper cab, right. which means that that also is included in that 40 percent. Right. So they have a lot of room for growth. 
Right. There's a um, lot of overhead in there. I looked, dude, I looked at the uh, the uh, latency on this thing. It's between one millisecond and five milliseconds with three average. That's like industry defining late latency. I right. think maybe the only people that might have a head up on that now is Fractal. Yeah. And, and other, it, we found yeah, the other Kemper, than we did the Kemper, we or the, the Helix, we did the calculation. It was much higher than that because of the ins and outs and the loop and yep. depending on how you run it. So, you know, obviously it's different. Yeah. Other than plugging directly into the amp, you're not going to beat that. No. So, just saying. No, I mean, hell, my DAW has more more latency than that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've got a decent system and a decent inter. Well, <laughs> we're not going to comment on my interface. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Presonus will not be getting my money again. Yeah. There's there's no endorsement there uh, and no love either. Um, nope. Yeah, I'm, I'm through with Presonus. But um, I'm happy with the focus, right? Yeah. I mean, I could see myself, like I said at the beginning. But I, I, like, I'll go to Apollo when I, when I step up. I'll be going to Apollo. Uh, you know, so I was looking at their devices. The only problem I have with their stuff is this walled garden. Yep. Um, and if you, so like, I can remember a time when people were buying Mackie mixers, like the, the digital consoles. And then running Pro Tools. And then I can remember the time when like people were still using ADATs when Pro Tools was the thing because because ADATs were fine. Like there was no reason to throw them out. Um and I and and I look at the the um uh universal audio devices, um, their yep. their line of products, and I go, This is great right now. What are you gonna do when you have to open a project from like five years ago and you don't have a UAD product to run the plugins? Right. Are are you going to continue to buy the rack mount unit just so you can run their plugins? Like yep. that's 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 nuts. We're we're literally investing in a in in a product that is going to be obsolete and basing our creativity on it. That just seems crazy to me. Um yeah. cuz you're going to have to redo all those plugins with, you know, like software-based plugins at some point or or something. You can't you can't I mean, unless you print it to tape or print it to the track initially, yep. you can't I mean I'm not advocating. I guess this is what I'm telling you. If you're using UAD products, I'm not advocating you do anything but print to track the the effects that you can put on the input. Can I? I, I know we got to end soon because we've been going for a while. I, I yeah, got it right at an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to say something about uh, about um, folks and the way the weird way they are with with audio, mm -hmm. video too, but audio especially. All right, this is what I find weird. Um, I look at people who run digital pedals with an analog amp and say that's their analog the same way as I look at a person who buys a record player and then listens to it with Bluetooth. Okay, yeah. I'm saying it's not the same thing. <laughs> well, but so you get you get what I'm telling you, though, right? Like the wall yeah. guard, you understand that concept. I'm going to explain I, it I, first. No, no, no. I know. I know. I was talking. I'm talking about a completely different thing. Okay. I, it just popped into my head. I was being very uh no 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 no, no. I, ADD about something. no no it's no like it's a good it's a good conversation like this is not this is not an analog versus digital argument though this is a, this is a um no I your was, hardware I, well your hardware determines whether or not that you're you will be able to open the project at some point like oh no no yeah I I knew what you were talking about I was I was in a completely yeah. different plane at that point I was just saying that that uh, I always I, it just popped into my head um for some reason about um, record players and yeah. people using, well, I, I think it's because I was at Walmart and I saw a record player with Bluetooth and I'm like, 
We got we got 50 minutes. We got 50 minutes. This is what we're talking about. Um, so you got an excellent point, and I've heard this a lot, and it kind of drives me crazy when I hear it. Guy comes into the music store, walks up to the counter, says, I'm all about analog. What do you got in terms of delay? And the guy says, the guy behind the counter says, Well, we got this boss delay, and we got this, you know. He goes, Well, how many milliseconds of delay is the boss delay? And he says, Two or seven or whatever it is, right? right? Like big long number, right? He goes, Well, that's great. He's like, How much is the analog delay? I think I'd rather have the analog delay. And the guy goes, It's like, uh, he's like, Max delay time is like 350 milliseconds. Yep. And the guy goes, Why can't it be longer? And then he goes, you know, and, and and he doesn't realize like it's a limitation of the technology, like and and that's where I kind of like I, I just they lose me because well I want the analog one regardless because that's what I want. Well then why did you even ask about the delay time? Because yeah. you you and then on top of that, then you're gonna go home and you're gonna plug it into your modeler or something. You know, I only use analog effects. That 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 statement is just like into my katana. What are you, yeah, no, I use analog. <laughs> I only use analog devices. Like he's got like his tube amp, his fancy analog pedal board. What's he recording into? A DAW. It, yeah. It's like, really, dude? Like, use what works. It doesn't matter what it is. If, if you're still living under the delusion that every every digital device sucks, like, you're crazy. We've yeah. been using digital devices that like, that are so so much of a staple in studios that companies have started to emulate them in software. Forget it. You're wrong. Like yeah. it, just forget it. The, um, I was watching the um, Eventide H300, which is like the famous original Eventide um, harmonizer unit. Um, they have a plugin coming out and I was watching the video. I was really interested in it because I didn't really know a whole lot about the H300. Yeah. Um, and I found out like it's using all these records, and I'm like, people would say it's blasphemy today. Like, you're, what do you mean? You're printing to two inch tape. Like, why would you want to use this digital thing in between? Because it doesn't matter. It didn't matter back then. It doesn't matter now. Right. <laughs> now, here's yeah. the best part. Here's the best part, right? Then you get the guy that's like, man, I'm all, I'm all old school. Like, I use an analog rig. And you look at his board, and he's got a boss like dd3 or something you know like the old one the one that uh, i forget which which dd it is but it's the one of the first boss digital delays the one that's kind of like it's kind of gritty sounding and you're like that's not analog and he goes he goes yeah he's like he's like but yeah i really like that sound you know that that old like the old gritty like delay sounds a vintage style thing and you go dude you do realize that you're buffering your signal and it's being converted to digital the whole time you're plugged into that pedal it's not like you're mixing in with the analog signal. Right. That's not how those old devices work. They converted yeah. everything. That's why that's why the tones suck on the 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 Digitech whammies were so bad. Right. Even the guys that use the WH1, like the original one, they have a loop switcher that's like under their their heel. So right. when they use it, they click it on so they stop like in the That's <laughs> right. They click it in and out of the out of the um, loop because it sounds terrible with that it, unless it's bypassed. Horrendous. This the tone suck in those things. Even what did David Gilmore use the Digitech Whammy? Yeah, a lot of people have used the Whammy. So he yeah. used the WH, the one that the one after the four or whatever, the current one, right? 
Um, but I'm sure he's had all of them. The guy's got yeah. everything. I, I saw his pedal board a couple of years ago and it was like all stuff I'd never even seen before. I'm just like, look at this. I'm like, dude, seriously. Like even on his now you're just now you're just getting obscure. You're just like, yeah, hey, I wonder if I can get this pedal that like nobody else has and put it on my board. Even on his lap steel, he had a Digitech whammy, I think, in the in the thing. So it's just funny to and of course that's a guy that still has the rack of effects that goes yeah. where he goes. Because you got to put that tape deck somewhere for that uh, echo rack or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, it, it's a uh, is it bison, Benson, Benson Echo. Benson Echo rack, yeah. Yeah. But I <clears throat> It goes back to the tool thing, you know, you buy the tools that work for you and for what the environment you have and within the, within the, well, scope yeah, I'm just, of what it's just a pet peeve. Like the, yeah. to hear people like I'm all analog. And then you look at their board and you're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're, you're not. You're not even all vintage. Like that's the other thing. It's like, I'm vintage. No, you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Define vintage. Like not this point we're getting into this whole, like, I'm so tired of like the constructs of stuff that we put up on things to categorize things. Like I get it. I understand how the human brain works. I understand that we need to, we need to formulate associations, but I look at, I look at some of the stuff and I go, that's not even the same thing. Like, right. I, why are you associating that with that? It's you're wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh, we've had a fruitful episode. Um, huh? we're at an hour and 33. I have been David. But Jim. And tonight I have tried to surprise Jim by being a practical guitarist. Yeah, as much as possible. <laughs>